Hello, everybody. I'm Kathy Yang. This is the podcast edition of Business Nightly. The Philippine government leaving nothing to chance amid the growing tensions in the Middle East. Aside from possible repatriation efforts, authorities are also laying down measures to cushion the potential displacement of millions of overseas Filipino workers. More from Dino Ponte Orig. Filipinos in the Middle East now on standby mode. This as the Philippine government prepares for a possible rescue mission in the region amid worsening tensions between the United States and Iran. Tehran began its retaliation against Washington with the launching of a major ballistic missile attack targeting U.S. forces in Iraq. Iran State TV described the attack as a revenge operation over the killing of top Iranian General Qasem Soleimani in a U.S. airstrike last week. But U.S. President Donald Trump is downplaying that attack, saying all is well. Following Tehran's rocket launch, Alert Level 4 was raised in Iraq which means mandatory evacuation. Philippine authorities now making the necessary preparations to ensure a smooth repatriation mission. Philippine Defense Chief Delphine Lorenzana says two battalions of troops will be deployed for the repatriation effort, beginning with Iraq, Iran, and Libya. The two battalions will engage in combat with anybody, but to uh, facilitate or uh, help assist in the repatriation of the OFWs, especially in Iraq. The Philippine Coast Guard also deploying its largest vessel, Gabriela Silang, on its first ever mission to the Middle East to help ferry Filipinos to safety. Philippine Transportation Secretary Arthur Tugade has also sought help from airline companies to bring Filipino workers in the region back home. And local airlines are answering the call. Philippine Airlines says it has four stations in the Middle East that could be used to repatriate Filipinos. Budget carrier Cebu Pacific also says it supports the government's programs, especially any possible repatriation efforts. Some senior labor officials are set to be deployed to the Middle East next week to brief the estimated 2 million Filipinos there about their options. Philippine Labor Secretary Sylvester Bellio III adds a 100 million peso budget allotted for repatriation efforts in 2019 has been remitted to various overseas labor offices. The government is now exploring alternative markets for affected OFWs. We know work out now as alternative markets just in case we have to repatriate all of this. Uh, 2 million plus. We are uh, already fast-tracking our negotiation with alternative countries where we could deploy them. Bellio says the government will also provide livelihood opportunities for affected Filipinos. Dino Pontiarig, ABS-CBN News. Renewed tensions in the Middle East continue to royal markets in Asia, including the Philippines. As Michelle Ong tells us, the conflict is also seen to affect other aspects of the local economy, like remittances from Filipino workers abroad. It's risk off for investors again as Iran retaliates against U.S. airstrikes that killed a top military general. 
Asian markets tanked on Wednesday, with Philippine shares losing 1.3 percent. Phil Stocks Financial's June Kalekai says the impact of the U.S.-Iran tensions could be far-reaching for a country like the Philippines. If uh, tensions escalate and it disrupts the supply routes for oil, it could probably raise oil prices and, you know, be a factor in domestic inflation. If, again, uh, the situation warrants the repatriation of Filipinos workers in, in, in the area, then, you know, that will hit um, remittances. But also, when they come back here, it will have some social costs. Like it could possibly bring out uh, unemployment rates and, you know, government social programs would have to be more aggressive. BPI Securities, for its part, says the market should brace for more wild swings. Investors are going to start looking at safe havens, maybe take uh, a bit of money away from so-called riskier assets. So you should continue to see, uh, I think, interest in, in the likes of uh, gold, for example. And it probably will uh, result in a short-term hit uh, in terms of equities. Volatility will probably be uh, the name of the game. While the prospect of a bigger conflict in the Middle East caused a bloodbath in markets across the region, well, it proved to be good news for a certain category of stocks, defense stocks. In South Korea, weapons manufacturers Victek and Hanil Forging Industrial jumped over 20% each, while Japan's Ishikawa Seisakusho, which manufactures landmines, soared around 24%. Military-related companies in China also rallied. Meanwhile, in local corporate stories, Andretan's Global Estate Resorts, or Jerry, looking to generate 1.4 billion pesos in sales from its new residential project, Lindgren Interese Martires, Cavite. The 17-hectare development is located inside the company's 251-hectare Arden Botanical Estate and will begin turnover in 2025. And finally, San Miguel confirms its power unit, SMC Global Power, is looking to raise up to $500 million from the issuance of senior perpetual capital securities. This will be used for its plant battery energy storage projects. Michelle Long, ABS-CBN News. Despite rising tensions in the Middle East and its possible impact on Philippine inflation, government and market analysts alike paint a bright picture for the country's economy in 2020. Ron Cruz tells us why. The Philippine economy seemed to remain one of the most resilient in the region despite ongoing geopolitical tensions. The Philippine Central Bank assures the public the government can control local oil prices should global crude oil rates spike due to the conflict in the Middle East. The bank has flagged volatility in global oil prices as one of the main upside risks to Philippine inflation. Our assessment is that the uh, price of oil has to hit. I'm not on talking of uh, Brent, it's Dubai oil. No? Okay. It has to hit $90 per barrel on a sustained basis, not only sporadic, no? okay. $90. Plus, we have a escape clause in the law which says that in the event that the price of oil, world price of crude oil hits uh, 80, $80 per barrel for three months, an extended period, then we can suspend the, uh, the tax on oil. As for the head of one of the country's largest banks, he's confident in the Philippine Central Bank's ability to contain any potential fallout from escalating U.S.-Iran tensions. Philippine National Bank President and CEO Wick Veloso also sees developments in the Middle East affecting the Monetary Authority's upcoming policy meeting in February. I'm, uh 
optimistic that uh, the uh, first quarter will uh, be uh, very uh, mute. They are probably going to assess uh, the situation uh, and uh, probably put together a more potent uh, uh, move uh, towards uh, the second quarter. PDO's chief market strategist also maintaining a benign inflation outlook despite global headwinds. Jonas Ravelas even says a recent uptick in the country's consumer price index could be an indication of a strong pickup in economic growth, citing a recovery in consumer demand. Ravela sees full-year 2019 GDP reaching 6% and a 6.5% growth for the Philippine economy for 2020. We have all the recipe to be able to show a very good performance for 2020. Mm -hmm. Given uh, we have the dual stimulus that I mentioned, uh, stable inflation, mm -hmm. uh, prices in the equity markets are quite cheap. So basically, uh, given the prognosis of probably uh, an improvement between 15 to 18 percent increase in earnings growth, mm -hmm. that should at least translate uh, the stock market index to at least 8,800. Mm -hmm. Aside from consumer demand, Veloso also sees the Duterte administration's heavy infrastructure spending to boost the economy this 2020. We are very optimistic. 4.1 trillion of uh, the government's uh, budget has got 36.5 percent in infrastructure. And this is where we are going to see a lot of uh, opportunities uh, for the country. Veloso also confident the country will see double-digit loan growth now that the 2020 budget has been signed. Ron Cruz, ABS-CBN News. The country's economic managers are also banking on the Duterte administration's massive infrastructure push to help prop up Philippine growth. As Ron Gagalak tells us, some of these big-ticket projects also aim to alleviate Metro Manila's infamous traffic. From summer of this year until the end of 2021, the Philippine government is expected to open several elevated highways that will help decongest the horrible traffic in Metro Manila. Between this coming April to June, the Skyway Stage 3 will become operational, connecting areas from Quezon City all the way to Makati City. This is a major alternative to reaching the north and south of Manila without using C5 and EDSA. Kung dati aabutin ka ng 2 hours um, to fly uh, Makati to Quezon City, um, when this is completed, 20 minutes na lang. By the end of the year, another elevated highway will be fully operational, the NLEX North Harbor Link that will connect areas from Caloacan City to Port Area in Manila. Since this will be open 24 hours for trucks, 70% of trucks that transport goods to and from the seaports are expected to be taken off major roads in Manila. By the end of next year, the North Luzon and South Luzon Connector Highway will also be open, linking the Skyway Stage 3 and NLEX North Harbor. The 8-kilometer connector will be an alternative as well to EDSA and C5, either going north or south of Metro Manila. Dati abutin ka ng 2 hours, 3 hours to go to the south like Alabang and Muntinlupa. We feel that um, 
After this project is completed, every major city in Metro Manila will be connected within a 20 to 30 minute time frame. Aside from elevated highways, railways projects are also scheduled to open soon. By 2021, five of the eight stations of the Light Rail Transit 1 Cavite extension from Pasay City to Bacor City in Cavite will be open to the public. The Philippine National Railways will also use its new trains from Manila to provinces in the Bicol region. Also opening partially before the end of 2021 will be some stations of the PNR Clark Phase 1 from Manila to the province of Bulacan. The construction of MRT4 from Quezon City to Taytay Rizal will also begin in 2021. But the biggest and most ambitious is the construction of the country's first ever subway. Dubbed as the project of the century, the Metro Manila subway will consist of 15 stations from Novaliches, Quezon City to the Ninoy Aquino International Airport Terminal 3 in Pasay City. It is expected to be partially operational by 2021. Ron Gagalak, ABS-CBN News. And that's it for today. This is the podcast edition of Business Nightly. You can watch highlights, recaps, and exclusive content of our shows online. Subscribe to the ANC YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Thank you for joining us.